A recent survey found that the pay and benefits for government employees are literally 50% higher than employees in the private sector. And the gap is getting wider. With a look, here's InfoTrack's Roy Mackey. Roy? Thank you, Chris. Our guest is Ken McDonnell. He's the program director for a nonprofit organization based in Washington, D.C., called the Employee Benefit Research Institute, and they've analyzed how much money a government employee makes versus those in the private sector. Ken, tell us just a little bit about what you found. Well, there were two data sets that were used. Both come from the Bureau of Labor Statistics. How much does it cost an employer per dollar per hour worked to have an employee, their wages and salaries, plus their benefit? Benefit, I think that is probably the key word here, isn't it? Tell us a little bit about the trends of government employees participating in pretty generous benefit plans as opposed to those in the private sector. Well, on participation, you've been seeing, particularly in the private sector, a steady decline in participation in benefits. In the public sector, there has been somewhat of a decline, but not nearly as steep as it is in the private sector. Now, as far as costs go, you've been seeing a steady increase. You will still find in the public sector that the prevalence of defined benefit plan is far greater than in the private sector. You'll also find that the healthcare benefits are far richer in the public sector as opposed to the private sector. Ken, I'm guessing there are probably a number of different reasons for this, but why don't you tick off some of the important factors that are involved here? It's been well documented that the longer your tenure is with employer, the higher your compensation costs are going to be. Second thing is unionization rates. It's well documented that unionization rates have been declining for the past 20 years in the private sector, while they've been holding fairly steadily in the public sector. And why is it that you think that labor unions have stayed so strong in the public sector? Part of the thing is that when you look at in the private sector, the outsourcing phenomenon, and prior to that would have been the relocation of factories from the United States into Mexico or into China. You really can't outsource a fireman or a police officer. There are local services that are essential for the community, and that's one of the reasons for them existing in the first place. Tell us a little bit about job mobility. It seems like people in the private sector switch jobs a lot more frequently than those in the public sector. Well, in the private sector, you have a far more prevalence of being able to maneuver around, a lot of job mobility. People are far more likely to leave one employer to go to the next. The other thing is the phenomenon of having long-tenured employees where it used to be you were there for 25 or 30 years. There were some like that, but that was pretty much of a myth. There's always been this great deal of movement within the private sector. Now, again, public sector employees, again, they tend to be very specialized. Again, I highlight the example of police officers and firemen. Those two are professions where you have to have a great deal of dedication to do that job, and you're not going to be moving around as much as you would in a private sector. Secondly, you look at another type of job, judges. Again, not much job mobility going around in the judiciary as well. So a lot of these positions are really set up, they don't lend themselves to mobility as to where if you're a tech person, you could maneuver around from all the various tech companies that have come and gone in the past 20 years, and you are able to increase your compensation by making these big leaps when you go from one employer to the next. So why is it that benefit costs are so much higher? Unionization rates being higher in public sector is a key factor. In addition to that, the public sector has a whole nother layer that the private sector does not have to bother with at all, and that is a political realm. 
if in a negotiating process in a state, the union is not happy with the outcome of the negotiation, they can always turn to their state legislators or the governor to try to put political pressure on to then get higher compensation costs. So, Ken, you've studied this extensively. What can be done to make sure that government employees aren't making that much more than the people who pay their paychecks? Some states have looked at options. I believe it was just a couple of years ago, Governor Schwarzenegger wanted to convert the defined benefit plan into a defined contribution plan. Over the years in the 90s, similar proposals came out of Michigan and Florida as well. Another thing that the federal government did back in the early 80s is they took the defined benefit plan and reduced the benefit in that defined benefit plan, created a new plan, and introduced a 401k-type plan called the Thrift Savings Plan. This reduced the defined benefit plan benefit, but compensated for that with the Thrift Savings Plan. Ken McDonald from the Nonpartisan Employee Benefit Research Institute. Thanks for joining us. For InfoTrack, I'm Roy Mackey. That'll do it for this edition of InfoTrack. To learn more about this or previous InfoTrack shows and guests, visit us online at TalkZone.com. Thanks to InfoTrack reporters Roy Mackey and Taryn McCaw. Our executive producer is Randy Meyer, and I'm Chris Whitting. Internet services by Pear.com. InfoTrack is produced by Syndication Networks Corporation. Thanks for listening. Join us next time for another edition of InfoTrack.